Here we go, season seven. All aboard. If you missed it, here's what we believe. 66 book canon. We believe in a 66 book canon. There is no more, there is no less. It's 66 books. That Yeshua, who is preached by the apostles in the Gospels and in the epistles, is the only means of salvation, as we're calling Yeshua, means. In other words, justification is by faith alone and not by works that any man should boast. Faith working through love. We are unashamedly Trinitarian. We're also unashamedly uh, doctor, believe in the doctrines of grace, what is commonly referred to as Calvinistic. The, the new covenant is not time-bound. That is to say that the, the horizon of the faith of our father Abraham is no different. Right. No, no, it is not shy of the horizon of our hope and our faith. In other words, the, that salvation was salvation was the same for Abraham as it is for us. Right. Wednesday, July 1st, 2020. This is Messiah Matters number 305. Ready to celebrate the freedom we have in this country at home by order of the government. My name is Caleb Hegg. <laughs> Happy 4th in advance, y'all. God bless America. I'm Rob Vanoff. <laughs> what up, buddy? How you doing? I'm doing well. Praise God. What crazy times we living in, my friend. <laughs> Did you guys just say you're Trinitarian? Um, yeah, of course. Uh, it says it in the Bible, so you know, there. Well, it's been it's been in our. <laughs> is that two years? Have we had that? How long have we had that? It intro? Almost, no, it's it's almost a year now. Half a year actually. It hasn't been that long. We just redid it. Um, yeah actually that's on the forefront of my mind right now too i'm doing you know so okay last week was it last week yeah it was last week we had somebody jump into the chat room and try to start yelling at us about how oh you guys are heretics and it was proven by whatever that young young buck's name is i forget the guy who made a movie yeah he made some documentary um with steven anderson cool Called. Good for him. Advancing <laughs> the conversation. Oh, that's good for you. Uh, it's called... Uh, Bless your heart. <laughs> it's called uh, Taking the Acts to the Hebrew Roots Movement. My response at the time last week was, okay, well, I'm not part of the Hebrew Roots Movement. And uh, so, you know, obviously he wasn't talking about us. And, well, uh, the, guy in the, the guy in the chat room thought he grouped us in with that. Well, it, okay. Now, the reason he did is because in that... Now, I went and watched the entire documentary. I got to say, that was an interesting experience. And but I did decided... Did it change your mind about anything? Well, well, it did change my mind about a couple of things, honestly, uh, in terms of my outlook on... Well, yeah, I'm going to talk about all this in a video I'm doing on um, Growing a Messiah. And uh, here's what I'm going to do. So I decided, okay... And okay, there's about a three-second clip. When they're talking about the Sabbath, there's a three-second clip of you and me. In no, the movie? Yeah, no audio. It's just a, like we flash on the screen for like three seconds. Like, is it a pull from one of our shows? Yeah. Oh, wow. It's like the exact view that they're seeing, that people are seeing on the show right now. We're in a movie? <laughs> I mean, honestly, yeah, I got to say, <laughs> do we got, get credits? No, do, is there no, I, but I, I, uh, well, I didn't stick around to watch that. Oh. I got to tell you this though. I got to tell you this about eight or nine times. Do you, okay. I don't recommend Are our names in there. I don't think so. Okay. Do you, the name of the documentary is taking an ax of the Hebrews movement. Now, um, 
about five or six times, maybe Did he even hit more. The tree? Hang on just a second. It was a swing and a miss. I, I got to tell you this. Did you ever see the movie like, well, I've, you've seen the iconic Reservoir Dogs scene where the four guys in the black suits with ties walk around the corner and they're in slow mo and it's like the no, music's playing. Right. They're all in slow mo, like, oh, it's okay, so I've never cool, seen right? it. But they recreate that it. scene and play it probably eight times in the movie. There's also, I don't know who, who this is. I don't know who this is. <laughs> That's in the Hebrew, creative. I don't know who this is in the Hebrew Roots movement. But there is a dude who's got the most epic silver mullet I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> I'm not joking, man. It's he's he's quaffed it up, right? And over, and then it comes down and it like fillets out. It is, it's beautiful. Yeah. Many people don't know this about me. That's not that's not mowing. Skip mowing. No, 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 no. Oh, Many people don't, don't know this about me, but the only reason I don't have just the most epic permed mo- mullet right now is because of my wife. She won't allow it. <laughs> you'd, you'd be sporting a mullet, dude. I wanted, I wanted so bad to create an '80s like rock ballad band called Spandex on Order and grow a mullet and everything, and the wife said no. So, what can you do? There you go. What can you do? All right. Anyway, so okay, let me let me let me lay out the plan for our our listeners. Now, what I'm going to do is I am going I've already made a a video and I decided I had to do it this way. What I needed to do is I needed to lay out the history of the messianic movement, the history of the Hebrew roots movement, see if they were the same or different or came from the same origins or not, and then from there then move to the documentary and talk about the documentary. That, that sounds like a, a sound descriptive approach. Like, you know, let's just look at the, let's I just have, do some. I've learned so much. I'm not going to, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. I had no clue about a lot of the stuff that I'm, that I'm researching. It's very interesting. What, and somebody on Twitter. Uh, so why are we in the movie? <laughs> I think it's because people just automatically associate us with Hebrew roots. Well, it's not people. It's the editors of the movie, <clears throat> the producers of the movie put it us in there when we say producers of the movie i think what we're talking about is matt powell he's the guy who made the movie matt powell who you know i think he's older than he looks he looks like he's about 17 years old but i think he's actually maybe in his 20s um him and then steven anderson i think everybody knows steven anderson for the most part steven anderson is the tempe arizona guy who uh, is a Baptist, a uh, Reformed Baptist. He he came up with like was he the King James only guy? Yeah, King James only. He's uh he fire and brimstone. You know, all the queers are going to hell. Kind of a you know kind of a, a approach to everything, and uh, and more than that though. I mean, more than more than pre- preaching by biblical truth. It's more of a let's stone all the homosexuals kind of a approach to it. Um, but he, he's, he's, he's created and championed, Stephen, uh, uh, Anderson has, um, created and championed the reform bat or the Southern reform bat. I forget. You can go look it up anyway. Um, and so there's a lot the, the documentary itself on laying an axe to the Hebrew roots movement is not actually talking about the Hebrew, Hebrew roots. So, I mean, that's interesting. They, they, they want to put a label on Hebrew roots, or they want to put a label on all these theologies. They want to call it Hebrew roots. One of the big sticking points, I mean, they must spend like 20, 25 minutes on it, is whether or not a person can lose their salvation. This is not a, this is not a discussion that's happened within the Hebrew roots movement. So is it kind of... That's a Christian, I mean, that, that goes back to Augustine and, and... Yeah, yeah, so is he, is it kind of like a junk drawer movie. Like it's like, these are all the different things he's thinking about. And there's not really like, what does that have to do with the ax at the tree? Well, I mean, he's, he's identified what I would consider a theme within the Hebrew roots movement, which is Arminian theology. Oh, now, okay. Okay. Now, now that. that's fair enough. I'll give him that. In fact, sure. uh, one of the things that I kept thinking to myself is like, Okay, well, I agree. I agree. I agree. Like, a good, a fair amount of, of what they say in that movie, I would agree with. And that probably is because I would consider myself very close to Baptist theology. Now, the problem is, is that these guys are King James Onlyists. They are, 
And I, I give you, I give you a little taste of of my end all be all. These guys haven't. I mean, maybe they've realized it, or maybe they haven't. They're sacred namers. And what they do is they attack the Hebrew roots movement, rightfully so, by the way, on the issue of the sacred name. Okay, but in the end, they say they take the opposite view of the you have Hebrew. To say Jesus. Yeah, exactly. It's Jesus or Jesus. It's not Yeshua. But they do the exact same thing. You can wow. only you can only be saved under the name Jesus or Jesus. You can't be saved under the name Yeshua. And so the Hebrew roots movement is of Satan. So basically, what they've done is they've fallen into the exact same heresy that they're accusing this this the uh, Hebrew roots movement of, which is sacred name. Wow. It's it's super interesting. Caleb, I look forward to seeing your movie. That I you're... do too, because I'm going to have a lot of fun doing it. Yeah. Can you at least will will your wife grant you a temporary dispensation? To have a mullet for the movie clips, Maybe or, I'll do or extensions, or, yeah, or oh. exactly, or a wig substitute. Yes, I think I I'm I got ideas. I got ideas coming, coming right now. Okay, just kid, no spandex though. I don't think we need that. Yeah, now I've shown you the picture. Yes, yes. Okay, <laughs> there is a picture out there, ladies and gentlemen. There's a picture. Caleb's band. Yeah. Silver and black leopard print spandex. I think my mom, my my mom. I think my wife threw them away after that picture was uh, taken. Anyway, okay, okay. She tried to gather all the extant copies of the pictures too and burn it, but now it's digital. It's... Okay, you know what the best part of that entire getup was, and I know that our listeners have no clue what I'm talking about, but the best part of that entire getup was I actually found a flying V guitar earring. It was like this, it was, and it was one of the dang, so it dangled. And every time I moved my head, it hit me like in the face. I was awesome, dude. <laughs> so good. <laughs> uh, oh, a life passed. Thank heavens I came to the Lord because otherwise I'd still probably be wearing that stuff. Okay. Oh, my. Um, be a part of the conversation. You can do that by giving us a call, 253-465-3205. Tell us about your spandex days and the way that your hair looked. Back in the 80s, if you were around back then, you can also shoot us emails, chag at torahresource.com. It's chag at torahresource.com. I want everyone to stop what they're doing right now. If you are not subscribed to our YouTube channel, please go to our YouTube channel. Click that subscribe button. Smash it, as the kids say today. And uh, you will be helping out our cause uh, because it actually does help us if you guys go ahead and subscribe. If you want to know every time a video is posted on our YouTube channel, Click the little bell icon. Okay, that's all I go. got. That's all right I on. got. Um, you know, I don't know. I feel like we should. Trust me, I'm a Canadian here. I got my sound bar board back. Yes. All right. Okay. Um, what are we doing here? Oh, yeah, we got this email. This is a long email. Do we want to do Axe first or do we want to do Heretics first? We're on a delay, so the, the chat room can't weigh in. Rob, it's you. Flip a coin. Heretics. Heretics first. Okay. This from Facebook. I'll take heretics for 1,000, <laughs> please, Alex. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so this from a Facebook post that was sent to me. I have never actually, I don't think I've ever actually interacted with this person, but this person is a self-proclaimed and uh, part of what has been deemed Christian Zionist organizations. Actually, this person is very plugged in with a lot of, like, basically, if you heard the people that this person is associating with, you'd be like, oh, wow, I know those people. Um, but uh, I I don't think, we do, do we need to name names? I don't think so. We'll point. let the literature I, yeah. stand for itself. Okay, so this person posts a quote from a book by Joseph Klossner called Jesus of Nazareth. The quote is on page 377. And so you could say, well, maybe this person isn't defending the quote. Maybe this person is just, you know, trying to show a quote. But the or argue against or argue against it. Yeah, but mean. but then in the comments section, there is a plethora of this person not only defending it, but really stepping in it. Um, 
in terms of really showing ignorance in many different ways. And it's all behind this guise of, well, well, if uh, the Greco-Roman Christian uh, thought mentality has gotten everything wrong, and if you're a Christian, you are beholden to said uh, thought process, and therefore you haven't understood the Jewish scriptures. The problem is, is that you've got people who not only grew up in synagogues, and grew up way more Jewish in uh, in practice than the person posting this. You got people who literally read the Hebrew scriptures in the Hebrew, which this person obviously does not. Let's take a look. They say, shared from a friend. Sometimes those who are closer to the original context can see more clearly than those who are far removed outsiders. Side note, this person... I have read many posts now on this person's Facebook page. This person equates modern Orthodox, like Kabbalistic Judaism with closer to the original. So when they say closer to the original context, they don't mean like first century apostles. What they mean is like Hasids today. So huge mistake in in uh, in categorization of what's going on here already from the outset. Let's start again. Sometimes those who are closer to the original context can say more clearly than those who are far removed outsiders and have been pers- uh, pressured or indoctrined to think only a certain way. Are we following the plain reading of the scriptures or the doctrines of man? Okay, before we get to this quote, Anytime somebody says that, brace yourself. Because 90% of the time, not 100%, 90% of the time, what you're going to get is some form of heresy. That's all there is to it. Um, who was it I was listening to last night who said 90% of ideas are wrong? <laughs> Jordan Peterson, maybe? Anyway, okay, let's keep going. Uh, so then he, then this person, he uh, posts a quote, and this is from that Joseph Klausner book. He said, and this is what Klausner says, quote, that Yeshu, and for those who don't know, Yeshu is a shortened acronym for, uh, well, it means Jesus, essentially, but what they've done is they've shortened it, made it an acronym for, may his name be cursed. So this is how the Jews refer to Yeshua uh, in a way that they can try to curse him every time that they speak about him. So, Uh, that Yeshua never regarded himself as God is most obvious from his reply when hailed as good master or good teacher. Why do you call me good? There is none good but one God, one God, Mark 10, 18 and Luke 18, 19. When the disciples would know the exact time of the coming of the kingdom of heaven, he tells them that that day and that hour no man knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son that is the Messiah, but the Father, God only, Matthew 24, 36. I'm going to say Yeshua where this person puts Yeshua, okay? Yeshua is thus not omniscient. He and the Father are not equal in knowledge. When we remember that the Garden of Gethsemane, he begs the Father to let the cup pass from him, and that during the crucifixion he cries out, My God, my God, why has you forsaken me? It is perfectly manifest that in no sense did he look upon himself as God. Like every Pharisaic Jew, he believed in the absolute unity of God, and he turned to God in time of trouble. What's interesting is that this person, Klossner, seems to think, or seems to uphold the idea that Yeshua is a good teacher or or maybe the Messiah or something like that. I don't know, because I'm not familiar with this author. However... He still uses the, the acronym Yeshu. Well, he wrote in German. This is a translation. <clears throat> ah, thank you. Klausner okay. lived in like the eight, late 1800s into the early 1900s. So you learn something new on the show every day. Um, I think he wrote in Yiddish too. I think some of his stuff was in Yiddish or translated into Yiddish. I don't remember. But I remember in college, yeah, we read a bunch of Klausner. He also wrote about um, the Apostle Paul, I think. He, you know, and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, he, I don't see him as any kind of authoritative voice. I don't know the value of quoting. 
Well, this shows his ignorance right here. Let's let's go through this quote. But let's yeah, I mean, let's go through this quote a little bit at a time. So this person is quoting Klausner as representing a like an Orthodox Jewish viewpoint or something. I I I suppose because this person, I I didn't pull this uh, quote, but he says this is you know the, the Jewish understanding. Is that the messianic? Yeah. The Jew- anytime, anytime you have someone says the Jewish understanding is that person's an idiot. <laughs> Tell us what you really think, Rob. Tell us how it really is. <laughs> there is no such thing. That would be like saying <laughs> the Christian understanding. Yeah. Oh man, that was okay. Awesome. That might have been harsh. It's an. It, it's an <laughs> idiot. Let me put it this way: it's an idiotic line. It's a. It's. It's an unhelpful, whatever <laughs> follows is not going to help be helpful. Just remember, it's not a lie if you believe it. He's, he starts this quote by... Because by, you could go, you could go for, to different religious Jewish groups, and they're not, they don't agree with each other. There's no uniform Jewish way of thinking. Right. Otherwise, they'd all be on the same page. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Exactly. I'm I'm totally with you. Okay, let's let's break down this quote because I don't even know if we need to get into the I mean the the comments by the person who posted this are literally humorous. I mean, I I sat and 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 wanted to cry for this person because they're so mixed up and so backwards in their own But theology. I I also I, but I I just I need to address the garden of Gethsemane and being on the cross. I think we both do. Hang on. I like how he misses he doesn't say not my will, but thine be done. Right. which is a core point of the father sending the son was right. to accomplish something. And the son became flesh, fully human. It, it's fully, fully human. Became a servant. Became a servant. And right. he's citing Psalm 22. Right. Which is not just, it's, he's just not inventing a cry out to God. He's, he's, he's reciting a prayer, really, or a psalm. I know that people, I know that scholars which have... Re, and if you know the psalm, it right. results in, in, it just affirms God's faithfulness to his covenant. It, it uh, yeah. I think, I think I heard R.C. Sproul preach on uh, the quotation of, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And I, I tend to disagree. I think the thrust of what Yeshua is doing there on the cross is saying, this prophecy is fulfilled. Yeah, he's not, he's not actually... He's reciting scripture liturgically. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so let's let's walk through this quote real quick. Uh, that Yeshua uh, never regarded himself as God is most obvious from his reply. Well, it's not obvious. No. Because he. What did gets, he say to Thomas? What did Thomas say? Why? It, it, it's yeah. it's not just that. Well, I agree with you. And that that passage Thomas is brought up. Basically, they say you can't rely on one guy. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, what I mean, what about the several times that Yeshua is, is taken out to be stoned for blasphemy for saying that he is I am? Exactly. I mean, the, the times of that Yeshua proclaims he says his own, you make yourself out to be God. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Um, they don't want to address. I mean, they don't want to address this uh, uh, honestly. There's no honesty within within the comments of this post. They think it's honest. But by the way, this is what uneducation does. This is what. Not being able to, not getting a uh, an understanding of of the Bible and just making it up as you go along. This is what you get. Anyway, let's go back to this quote that is is posted. He says it's most obvious from his reply when he hailed as good master. Okay, this. I mean, do we do we need to exegete this whole passage? Probably not. But this guy comes up. It's snipping when he comes up and he says, "Good master." Yeah, Yeshua smells him a mile away. Exactly. This he's not he he doesn't come, you know, um, with a humble heart. He doesn't come with a contrite spirit. And not only that, but he's not willing to give up what he needs Yeshua, to give up. Yeshua call, Yeshua sees his heart. That's the thing. Man can't see his heart. Yeshua sees his heart and puts his finger right on the problem. Well, the fact that he says, says "Why do you call me good? There are none good but God." Just says, "You don't know who I am." That's the you whole don't know point. what is good. right, and you don't know what is good. You don't know what's good, and how dare you come up to me and 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 act like you, like you know and shine be, my try to glad hand me exactly yeah. yeah exactly here's a here's a couple of shekels do a miracle for me right and Yeshua says, "Okay, go sell everything you have and follow me," and the guy can't do it. 
He's like, yeah, you, you want something and you, you don't really love God. You love your money. Yeah. Exactly. But he didn't come out and just say that to him. He let the guy. So, I mean, the, the fact, the fact own... that this guy, that the quote starts by, by referencing this shows that the person who is trying to interpret this has not actually understood the passage itself. Okay. Uh, when the disciples would know the exact time of the coming of the kingdom of heaven, he tells them that day and that hour no man knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son of Man, the Messiah, but the Father, God only, Matthew 24, 36. Once again, the, what this person wants to do is they want to believe in modalism, that Yeshua is fully omnipresent, that Yeshua is uh, all-knowing, all these things. He retains all of his complete deity all at once while he's on earth, or he's not divine. He's not deity. That's what, he, what this person wants. The problem is, is that Yeshua empties himself, coming in the form of a man. He gives up all of his attributes. And he dies. And he's, exactly. He That's gives up revelation. I'm the Alpha Omega. I was dead, and now I live, I live forever. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's you know. to all of a sudden think that uh, that God that Yeshua has to retain all of his uh, attributes as God. Show, I mean, this is why Paul calls this a, a a stumbling block for the Jews and folly to the Gentiles. Because what people are saying is the Almighty God comes as a man, dies on a cross to save his people. That's how yeah, that's why Paul says that's foolishness. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In God's wisdom, in God's wisdom, the wisdom of man is foolishness to even the foolishness of God. That's my paraphrase. Yeshua is thus not omniscient. He and the Father are not equal in knowledge. Well, uh, once again, I mean, just a just a cursory right, cursory, cursory reading of Philippians two would do a lot of good here. And I'm not sure why this per person hasn't uh, thought of that. I mean, take take and the there's, and, there's and, and we know Yeshua's uh, humility and servanthood. Even when he says, he says, "Don't you know I could I could summon what twelve legions of angels?" Right. Right. But I'm not going to do it. That's not the will of the Father. The fact that Yeshua goes into the into the holy of holies in the heavenly places, presents his sacrifice, and is not obliterated. He's not stained by the sin of Adam. And is not obliterated. Yeah. Proves that he is God. The fact that he can sit down at the right hand of the Father proves that he is God. I just want to look at a couple of these comments. Uh, somebody says uh, in the comment thread of this, they say, please read John chapter... This is to the person who who posted the the, the post. So this is someone pushing back? Yeah, this is someone pushing back. And she says, please read John chapter 1. We cannot take scripture out of context nor twist it to say what we wanted to say. Good is of her. no private interpretation, 2 Peter 1.20. And the person who wrote the post writes back and says, quote, no one has ever seen God. It is the only son who is close to the father's heart who has made him known, John 1.18. Now, first of all, let's, let's, let's not worry about translation right now. Let's, uh, let's just move on to what he says. His comment on this is, if no one has ever seen God, and we know Jesus was seen, then Jesus is not God, according to John 1. Okay, hang on just a sec. According to this line of thought, then yod heh vav -Hey is not God either. Exodus 24, 9 through 10. Then Moses and Aaron, Nadav and Avihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel went up, and they saw the God of Israel. There was under his feet, as it were, a, a pavement of sapphire stone, like, uh, like the very heaven for clearness. So, according to this person, if Jesus is God and, and no one has seen God at any time, then what about Exodus? What about the fact that Moses speaks to God face to face like a friend like a friend speaks to a friend? Exodus 33:11. This shows that this person has not done their homework. They try to interpret John 1:1, 1, 1, this person does, uh, which is just atrocious because they haven't thought about the theological ramifications of this either. He says, what is the Greek of John 1, 1? John 1, 1, and then he obviously copies and pastes without being able to read what he has copied and pasted. Uh, it's from John 1, 1. 
And he says, literal translation, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with the God, Hathios, and a God, Theos, was the word. Okay, this is a copy and paste from the JWs. <laughs> I I feel sorry for that guy. I, I yeah, feel I sorry because that, 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 he's he's in he that's he's headed for deep deep mischief. Let's just think about this for a second. Let's take the JW interpretation of this scripture. That which, guy's out on a a limb that he doesn't understand. By the way, anyone who has actually studied Greek for any amount of time is going to tell you that the JWs have twisted this. This is not right. But let's just take it for a few seconds. Let's just take this translation. Say, pretend for a second that that the Greek actually supports this. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with the God, and a God was the word. So then automatically what the person who posted is saying is that what? Yeshua is a God, but not the God? So now we believe in not monotheism, right? Now we believe in multiple gods? Are we, I mean, what's going on here? Um. I did a study recently on, on I'm in the book of Acts, as our people who listen on a regular basis know this. I went through Acts 17 and um, started looking to the philosophers and the Stoics. Boy, what an interesting uh, adventure I had, realizing that not only did the Gnostics believe that true knowledge was um, was was understood through the Logos, right? But mm -hmm. also the Stoics, listen to the quotes that I have here. The world has been, this is what the Stoics believe, the world has been created out of fire. The foundational element, from fire came air, from air, water, and from water, earth. The balance achieved by the, these elements is attributed to Logos, the impersonal forces that created and hold together. This is what I say, this quote-unquote Logos or word that balances the world is the presence or spirit of God that acts within the world to bring balance and thus virtue, or man's, which is man's goal. And then another quote, the world consists of material objects. Those interactions are controlled by always valid laws or fate. God is present in the material world as the active principle, the Logos. Acting, by the way, Logos, for those who don't know, means word. Acting on matter, uh, the passive principle, and is thus physically present in all matters as des uh, designing fire. Okay, so what's the point of what I'm trying to say here? When John writes John 1.1 1, 1, and John 1, when he writes all this, the idea of the Logos is well established, and it's not just established by the Gnostics. It's not just talked about by Philo, who lived before John, down in Egypt and his philosophy. It's not just a Platonic thought. The Stoics believed in the Logos too, and what I call Logos theology. Now, it wasn't the same for all of these people, but they all believed something about Logos. And what John does, John in, in John 1, he says, everything that you guys have been talking about when you say Logos, let me show you what it really is. What it really is is Yeshua. The idea that you can read John 1.1 1, 1 and say that he is not saying that Yeshua is God shows that you do not know the history of what was going on in the first century when John writes. That's all there is to it. Okay, should we move on? Yeah. Let's move on. Did I steal the end thunder there? I'm sorry. You sure you don't have anything else to say? Um, I found it was in John 10 is where it says, you being a man, uh, make yourself out to be God. And that's why they were going to stone him for blasphemy. Right. That's in John chapter 10 by John 20. Remember, this is all the same gospel. Thomas says, my Lord and my God. Right. 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 That's after the resurrection. So if I'm just, if all I had was the gospel of John. Oh, clearly. Then it would mister. Then what these people are saying is that I would be a bad, a poor, inattentive reader. If all I, if I read the gospel of John and came up, got to the end of the gospel and said, you know what? I think this is telling me that Jesus is God in the flesh. If he's saying that if you read the gospel of John and come up with that conclusion, you're wrong. 
you missed the signposts along the way. Well, how many signposts they're going to, they're going to stone him for blasphemy because they hear him saying he's God. Right. In John chapter 10, by John chapter 20, post-resurrection, Thomas says to him, my Lord and my God. And Jesus says, because you have seen me, you believe, blessed are they who did not see and believe. Perfect chance for Yeshua to say, Thomas, <laughs> yeah. how could you say such? You've missed the whole Gospels of John, Thomas. Well, if well, 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 the well. Gospel of John yeah. and came to the conclusion, if that's what they're saying. They're saying, if you read the Gospel of John and come to the conclusion that John's trying to tell you that Yeshua is God, then you've misread the gospel. That's well, what this yeah, guy's saying. This is a great this is a great point. In John 8:58 when he says before Abraham was I am and they said blasphemy he's made himself out to be God. Blasphemy. Pick up stones. Let's stone him. Why didn't Yeshua say no 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 whoa whoa whoa. You whoa. misunderstood. You totally misunderstood me. I'm not blaspheming. I'm not making myself out to be God. That's not what I'm saying. Come on. You guys should know better than that. No. That's not what he says. That is a great point. So by the, the same thing with Thomas. Yeah, exactly. Yeshua says, oh, you you, you believe this because you've seen me resurrected. Yeah. He says, blessed are those that haven't seen me and believe. Okay, so those people are missing out on that blessing. People who reject Yeshua's, uh, that he's fully God and fully man, they're missing out on that blessing of the gospel. They might as well tear out the gospel of John from their Bible. Because they're going to either that or they're going to continually to build structures around it so to misdirect the simple reader from just reading, reading what the gospel says. So Aiden in the chat room says, I don't believe Jesus existed before he was born. He was God before he came to earth, but not in a Trinity sense. Trinity just doesn't make sense to me. Well, no, he sent his son. <laughs> Romans 1. <laughs> Trinity doesn't make sense to me. Well, he that's sent because, his son. That's he was his son before the incarnation. We get that from Paul makes that clear in Romans 1. Right. He sent his son. And not only that, but I mean, if, in Galatians if also. you're trying to say that you understand God, then you've done a major feat, which no Christian has been able to do until this point. And you're saying also the father is not eternal then because he wasn't always the father. Right. And how did Yeshua create all things if he was not eternal? Yeah. I mean, this is a. Uh, this goes back to to Augustine and the and the uh, the debates at, at yeah. We're just treading on old paths. I mean, here. The, one of the huge debates that the Trinitarian uh, thought pattern took was <clears throat> was Yeshua always Yeshua? In other words, was he always Son? And yeah, what was he? And was what the they what they always Father? What they ask is, does God change? And the answer is no. God does not change. And the question is, does is God all has God always been Father? And the answer is yes. God has always been Father. And the the response is, if God has always be, been Father, it implies a Son. It implies something. It implies fatherhood, which means that if God has always been Father right. from eternity past, then He has always had Son from eternity past. All it takes is a is a uh, a little bit of of research into the Trinitarian debates leading up to Nicaea, to understand why these debates are so vitally important. These guys were not slouches in theology, by the way. The idea that the Greco-Roman Christian mentality was some moronic thing that they just came up with shows a lack of understanding of the of the uh, historical debates, because these guys were giants in theology. And we stand on the backs of these guys and try to, and try to uh, understand even where they were coming from. Not because they were so wrong, but because their minds were trying to grasp what? What were their minds trying to grasp? Not New Testament scripture. They go back to the Torah. That's where they go. They go back to the Psalms. Okay, let's uh, let's move on. Lots of, lots of good stuff. Lots of good stuff. Okay, so I don't know if I've ever told you this. I set my phone. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll be during my show to have my phone turn off and turn back on once a week, right? They say you're supposed to do mm -hmm. that. Well, now every time during our show, my phone turns off and then it wants me to put a code in. <laughs> oh. So every time you see me do this in the middle of our show, that's because I'm putting the code into my phone. Okay. <laughs> 253-465-3205. It's 253-465-3205. You can also send us an email, chag at torahresource.com. There it is, chag at torahresource.com. 
And okay, let's move on. This is a very long email. I mean, we have 20 minutes, but I doubt it'll be enough. Oh, this person says, I hope you can help me pro uh, progress beyond my struggle with Galatians 2 and also related question for Acts 15 and 21. I hope so, too. Uh, she says, now, I'm not exactly sure how this was. I think the bold, you're seeing the same email I'm seeing, right? Yeah. I think the bold is actually um, like a point and then she states a question. So. Let's read the first bold point. She says, we have Paul giving an unfavorable report about Peter. She's talking about Galatians 2. He says that Peter was to be blamed. I'll make sure that uh, I think that sounds right. Let's go to it. It's to, actually, it's more, it's actually a little more. Uh, uh, where are we? In, we're in 10. There. Galatians uh, 2. It's, it's uh, 2.11. Like he stood condemned. Yeah. Is yeah. The better. So let's read this real quick. But when Cephas, that is Peter, came down, I uh, came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles. But when they came, he drew back and separated himself, fearing the circumcision party. And the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with him, so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel. I said to Cephas before them all, if you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? I personally believe that this story is also recounted in Acts 15.1. I think that, uh, that uh, Rob's going to disagree with me on my chronology here, and that's totally fine. I think that it says, but, uh, so Acts 15.1 says, but some men came down from Judea and were teaching the brothers, unless you are circumcised according to the customs of Moses, you cannot be saved. And after Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and debate with them, Paul and Barnabas and some of the others were appointed to go up to Jerusalem. So I think that that's, I think that, that first verse is actually describing the same thing that's going on in Galatians 2. Okay, so she asks then a question. For what exactly, I do not see a direct reference, is Peter to be blamed, and can you map that out? I'm going to throw this to you, and go. Um, well, I just <clears throat> have to look at the email here. So what exactly, I do not see the ref, a direct reference to Peter to be blamed. Um, the one thing, Paul giving an unfavorable report about Peter, throughout her email, she mentions this kind of thing. Like, how could Paul do something like this without Peter there to defend himself. Like, isn't this a transgression of Matthew 18? You know, this sort of thing. And so um, I, there's a couple points on that, is that um, Peter gets, you know, Peter gets a bad report in the Gospels. You know, um, he denies Yeshua. Um the disciples, the sons of, you know, Zebedee, don't, they, you know, they get, uh, you know, there's different times where the different disciples get, sometimes as a group, are, are kind of shown to be scared and cowering and, you know. He, but for he, a purpose. He himself calls them of little faith. Anyway. <laughs> there's, there's a purpose here, though. Hang on just a sec. Let's not gloss over the purpose. Paul's telling this story for what reason? I mean, now. now the once truth again, of the gospel, yeah, right? Exactly. He's gonna, he's, Exactly. And and this point is this, is even Paul first throws himself under the bus in Galatians 1. He says, I was zealous for these traditions, and it was contrary to the gospel, contrary yep. to the truth of God. I myself tried to destroy the ecclesia. So he doesn't, th Peter gets a mild slap on the wrist compared to what Paul does, uses himself as an example. Well, so we should probably say where we differ. It's a minor differing here, but I believe that uh, Paul describes uh, up to the Jerusalem council, which is in, in Galatians, he describes up to the, the Jerusalem council, which is right after this portion in two, and then I personally believe that the rest of that is basically describing what the Jerusalem Council has has put forward as theology. Now I know that that we disagree on that because I think that isn't it? Don't you correct me if I'm wrong? But you believe that uh, Galatians was written 
uh, before the Jerusalem Council. Correct? Yeah, in my opinion, this this is a different event, but but in that it was written before the Jerusalem Council. So so this whole thing between Peter and Paul had happened before Acts fifteen, but in but here's the point. The point it doesn't the the core point I think that she's asking about. Right. The chronology is not going to sway the answer, I don't think. Right. But my point anyway, is, is I that I, I guess the reason that, that I bring that up is because I think that what Paul is speaking against is this idea of justification through bloodline and or justification through a a, a uh, ritual tr- uh, conversion process. In other words, you're not part of the covenant people of God until you go through a ritual conversion. And I think that he I think that he fights against this heart in, in, in Galatians. And I think that one of the key points, the key, the key uh, theological points of this is, le- is leading up to the Jerusalem Council and the Jerusalem Council. They go to the Jerusalem Council. What do they ask? Is a person saved by circumcision and keeping the law? You know, they don't ask that question. Well, okay. No, it just says, it says they take the issue to the Jerusalem Council and it says Pharisees who believe stood up and says it is necessary that we are we begin circumcising them and commanding them to keep uh, the customs of Moses. Yep, yep. Um, and then and then there was a big hubbub. And then Peter has already oh, no Peter's already been squared away. He says, "Look, I agree with that completely. God chose God chose by me that the Gentiles would hear and believe, and he, that uh, I think Peter's referring back to his. Peter took a couple." pits you know in his correction not only with the the three denials of yeshua but with the vision that he had um because he was hesitant to take the gospel to to go to cornelius he would have been he needed god knew he needed this this vision of the sheets you're right i was i was i was mixing up uh uh acts 15 1 with acts 15 or 15 uh four or five yeah Um, well in in any event though I think in broad brushstrokes, I think we agree that this is some sort of ritual that they are trying to coerce people, say, you're not really of the sons of Abraham unless you live according to the way we live. Right. That would have been some sort of... Keep our traditions or you're not a covenant member. Yeah, yeah. And it's not... They're not talking about keeping commandments of the Torah. They're talking about specialized halakhic... A commitment that that really separates a community out as being something quote special or holy agreed in their man-made religious uh, ideology yeah i think we're i think we're on the same page we with are that. the, the chronology page. maybe we, and so and admittedly the, some of the chronology isn't that easy and and but i think to answer her questions i think if i'm tracking i don't know that chronology is going to make a big difference in addressing her the concerns i'm hearing okay so let's go to the let's go, she she says we have in galatians 2 that P, that they peter john and james saw that the gospel for the un, uncircumcised had been committed to paul i'm not sure that i i mean where did we see that well here here's this peter <clears throat> this is the problem this is the problem in Gal- that paul is talking about in galatians 2 peter was in a position of condemnation right according to paul why because he had he withdrew from his prior practice, and the, in the Greek this is clear because it's in the imperfect verb, meaning he 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 would he was always eating with these Gentiles. He would Jews right. and Gentiles were eating together in Yeshua's name for a while. It was an established custom. This other group came, and all of a sudden, he, Peter and Barnabas and these others aren't showing up to those meals anymore. Right. And Paul says it's out of fear of man. Therefore, by fear of man cannot advance the gospel of Messiah. Right. Fear of man advances man's power. Fear of God advances the Messiah's uh, agenda. And that's the core. Out of fear of uh, circumcision. And so he all of a sudden he's associating with all these Gentiles. All of a sudden he he limits, he he separates himself, he distances himself from them. Yeah, That's yeah, but, contrary but, uh, to the gospel. Okay, hang on just a sec though. I, I, I'm still boggled by this question or by this statement. She it's not a question. She makes a statement. Yet we have here in Galatians 2 that they, that is Peter, John, and James, saw that the gospel for the uncircumcised had been committed to Paul. Where do we see that? I don't see that. Oh, they're talking back when when um, his first, or maybe it's earlier in Galatians 2, where it says he went up the first time he went up, and he shared 
what he'd been preaching with James. Yeah, to the Gentiles, but that doesn't mean that 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 um, they saw that the gospel for the uncircumcised had been committed to Paul. I don't see that. He was given the gospel to the Gentiles. He does that multiple times. But in Acts, in Acts, he says three different times, okay, fine, I'm done with the Jews, I'm going to the Gentiles. And then what does he do? He goes very, back to the synagogue. The very next city, he goes back to the synagogue. Right. The idea is in both cases, if, if, if we want to uh, posit that there's this thing called the gospel to the circumcision and a gospel to the Gentiles, they both end up at the same point, which is right. Jews and Gentiles eating together. Right. They both end up at the same place. Right. They both, the gospel to the circumcision is a message that tells the circumcision they need to take their foot off the gas with this traditions of men. And they need to, they need to put on the brake and listen to the scriptures. And the gospel to the Gentile says, you need to listen to the scriptures of Israel. Right. But, the, but, but they both, they both come back to Messiah and they're eating at the table together. I'm completely with you. But at the same time, what I, the reason that I'm bringing this, this point up is because she seems to then think she says in her second question down from that statement she says when they replace peter with paul they replace peter with paul was this peter's uh, they don't replace peter with paul i don't know what that yeah is i don't know what that i don't know what she, she says was this peter's failure i don't know what you're talking about because they didn't replace peter with paul is this an explanation for the replacement since peter had said god chose his mouth i don't yeah i don't i that, didn't understand that i don't understand that either then why give a bad report about peter it's, it sounds to me like what she is trying to say is that Peter was originally the, uh, the Pope. Like no, the Pope? Th- that he was originally supposed to take the, go- the gospel to the Gentiles. He fails, and Paul now re- is replaced by the disciples to be the, the apostle to the Gentiles. And Peter is, is no longer that in that. No, I, okay. Yeah, I, I don't think that's a. I don't think that's. I don't think yeah. that's what went on at all. And I don't see that in scripture. Let's keep going, though. She says, I have always found it unsettling that Paul gives this bad report. I think we already talked about that. Doesn't his go against what Yeshua said in Acts, uh, in Matthew 15, or 18, 15 through 18? Okay. Do we want to go down, down uh, to the well, Galatians Peter, Peter didn't sin against Paul. Peter sinned against all these believers that were trusting him and showing up to these meals and right. learning about Yeshua and the scriptures. And all of a sudden, Peter's like, uh, not showing up. Why? Well, because he's acting in hypocrisy over exactly. over a debate that's still going on. Within he, needed the public, he needed public rebuke. Exactly. But it needed to be all the people. They all needed to hear it at the same time. They but all that, to hear that's it. just it is that is that when he's writing this, he's writing this to the Galatians and he's saying, look, this has already happened. We've already figured this out. Let me tell you the story yeah. about it. And and and, it and wasn't... again, Paul throws himself under the bus first in Galatians. We got to remember that. Yeah. So, you know, maybe someone could claim, "Oh, that's unfair. I don't like Paul. Paul Paul speaks evil about Peter, and Peter's not there to defend himself. I don't like Paul. Therefore, Paul's not Scripture. I guess I don't know. I mean, that, that seems to be." Or someone could just say, hey, you know, maybe this is the tone of the email is not so much that. It's just like, hey, you know, why why is Paul telling us this thing about Peter? It's because even among, this is the, 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 the reason it's important. And one reason it's important is because Paul's showing not only a, a zealous Pharisee can believe he's worshiping the God of Israel and at the same time zealously persecuting and trying to t- destroy God's work in the world. Right. But not only that, but someone who's already a believer in Yeshua can the, the, the fear and intimidating intimidation and coercive uh, thug, you know, thuggery of these Jewish sects is is so intimidating that even a Peter can can waffle. He's saying that's what that right. we have to understand the truth of the gospel. <clears throat> that's what's at stake. What's at stake as is the coercive nature of man-made religion has to be exposed for what it is. But we otherwise, that- you're never going to certain. You you know. And he says this at the beginning of Galatians. It's between the fear of God and fear of man. If I if I was trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Messiah. That's okay, but you know what? It, here's the great thing: is that in Acts, Paul also is in danger of doing of doing of falling to fear. 
Listen, it says in 18.8, it says, Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed in the Lord, together with his entire household and many of the Corinthians, hearing Paul believed and were baptized. Verse 9, And the Lord said to Paul one night in a vision, Do not be afraid, but go on speaking and do not be silent. For I am with you, and no one will attack you to harm you, for I have many in this city who are my people. Why would he even have to tell him that? Uh, yeah, Paul needed the same encouragement exactly. that Peter did with the vision. Right. Look, go. It's okay. You're gonna you're gonna think this is against the norm for you to go into a, a Gentile's house like Cornelius, but trust me, he's my people. Right. Yeah. And again, there you go. This is this is this is the work of the ruach in the early church. You know, the work of the Holy Spirit guiding believers who are flying blind. Right. They don't see they they're not operating according to their own understanding. They're not operating according to their own how they studied and think the things should go. It's the stakes are high. In 15 days, Rob and I are traveling to New Jersey and we are going Lord to willing. Lord willing. And we are going to be uh, speaking. And uh, first of all, I'd like to know if any of our listeners are actually going to meet us in New Jersey at oh, the conference. That would be cool. We're going to, Caleb and I are going to have a, a special. Yeah. We're doing a live show there. And, um, so first of all, if anyone's going to the New Jersey conference, please let us know. Second of all, if you're going to the New Jersey conference, who knows? You might be the only listener who goes to the New Jersey conference. Messiah 2020. And if you are, then put in now what you want us to speak about, because I have some ideas. That's right. If you're there. If you're there, if you're going to be there, <laughs> you can put into the into the hat what you want to, to speak about, and we might just take your suggestion. Or cool. if you have a question, maybe we'll put all of the questions into a hat and we'll pull some out during the live show. <laughs> I like that. Could Caleb, be fun. Good. There's still time to register, I think, for that. Oh, there's plenty of time to register. Yeah. I think, you know, because of the whole COVID thing and whatnot, they're trying to actually, um, they're trying, they're encouraging people to come and they're trying to make it as easy as possible. So uh, get a hold of the organizers. It's uh, lovely people. I, I always love going to New Jersey. Uh, the Krzyzewskis are just, what a blessing they are, right? Um, and, you know, I feel like every time people listen to this show, they learn something new about me. I watch Bob Ross for uh, for my downtime, along with another show, which I will not reveal right now. I actually do watch a different show, more than I watch Bob Ross for uh, my downtime. And, uh, you know, I like mullets, and uh, I have wanted to grow one. And uh, and the Krzyzewskis figured out that I think that uh, roasted chestnuts taste like feet. And so it's their joke that they, uh, you know, they get me uh, roasted chestnuts every time I go, which I think is a, it, it's a great joke. You know, just get me a, a mullet wig and we'll be set. <laughs> I'm playing. All right. Um, it's been fun. It's been real. Um, and <laughs> somebody says Brazil is too far from New Jersey. Okay. You get a pass this once. Okay. Just once. <laughs> just, just this once. Um, we are sure grateful that y'all join us and uh, that you listen to this yeah, show. Yeah, thank you to uh, Christine for the great email. I hope we didn't mischaracterize your email. I think it was it, it shows you're you're wrestling with it, and uh, I didn't mean to for saying Paul does not uh, uh, belong with Scripture because he's doing something unjust. I can accept that it's it's a legitimate question, although I know that there are people who would leverage that to undermine. The authority of Paul as a are you inspired on, are, writer. Are you on? Uh, are you on a uh, a internet? Can you get on the internet right now? I'm on. I mean, I'm. We're using the internet. Well, what pull up. Pull up a browser is what I mean. Can you pull up okay. a browser? Yeah. Go to TorahResource.com real quick, and I, everybody can follow this link. Check this out. TorahResource.com. Yeah, and now up at resource, like just hover over resources and go down and find the Messiah Matters show. <laughs> the Messiah. Okay. Go ahead and click on that. That takes okay. you to the Messiah Matters page. Now go down, go down until you see the new becoming an executive producer and check nice. out the cup. Check out the new cup. Not did Michael do this? Mike did that. I'm gonna buy this myself, and it's gonna be behind me in the next uh, week or two. Summer 2020. <laughs> Dude, this cup is ridiculously cool. I want okay. that. I'm trying to see a big picture of it. It's hard for me to see. So if what? you if you can't see it, it's MM Messiah Matters. It's the two M's yeah. with a COVID nineteen face mask on. Oh, it's got a mask. That's what it is. 
<laughs> nice with a 36. Oh, it should say, you know what he should have done? He should, she, he should have put COVID 36. Oh, this is great. I, this it is, is so good. Great. Anyway, all this to the say. The picture's so small, it's hard for me to see. I know, eyes. but all of this to say, uh, if you want to become an executive producer for our summer credit, <laughs> please go sign up now. Get this awesome cup. I will have one in the next probably two weeks. And uh, you know, I love it. We'll, good we'll job. Go from there. Mr. Yes, very G. good. And thank right you to all on. of our uh, our executive producers and also all of our uh, supporters. We appreciate it. We keep here's the thing is that we keep forgetting to put up um, Messiah Matters More. We'll do a, we'll do a Messiah Matters More on Monday, and then we'll also make sure that when we're in New Jersey, not only will we do a Messiah Matters More exclusive only for the Messiah Matters uh, supporters, but we will also record our live broad or our live show. And we'll put it up in the Messiah Matters more. That'll make up for all, for the several weeks that we've missed. At least I hope it will. And I apologize to all of our supporters that we haven't kept our content coming. Um, but yes, thank you to all of our supporters and our executive producers. We hope that this show has glorified our great God and Savior, Yeshua, the Messiah. Why? Because Messiah Matters. Messiah Matters.